Imagine me and you, I do. I'm ranking Beatles day and night. It's only right to rank them with the one you love and hold it tight. We're ranking some Beatles. Oh, the turtles? The turtles this morning. Yes, yes. yes. How you like that one? That was excellent. Pretty good. Just came up with it. You didn't even know that was coming. I had no idea. You were like, I got it. And I was like, okay, let's roll. (laughs) It was a surprise to me. Creative genius. Been called the songbird <laughs> of the ranking the Beatles podcast. Certainly not me. So you win by default. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll take the W. Good, good day, everybody. Welcome to episode number 32 of Ranking the Beatles. I'm your host, Jonathan. And I'm Julia. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, welcome. If you're a return guest, Good to see you again. Uh, What we do here, if you don't know, is we have a list of 223 songs. You should know this by now. (laughs) Me? Yes. I do. That's what I'm saying. Your face was like, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had enough coffee. 223 songs recorded and released by the Beatles that I have ranked my own personal least favorite to most favorite ranking. And every week we discuss them with a different guest on the show. And that's what we're doing this week. Really? Yeah. Oh, Didn't see that coming, did you? Did not. Wow. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little something about our guest this week. Uh, our guest this week is a Louisiana-based alternative folk rock artist who has released a handful of albums and singles with his band The Happy Devil and On His Own. In 2020, while most of the music community was in lockdown, he helped spearhead the Bayou Fever Sessions, a group dedicated to assisting musicians who normally make a large part of their living on the road by supplementing their income through donations and performing more frequently as studio musicians. His latest single, Rocket Heart, completes a three-song collection written and recorded during 2020. It's currently featured on the Relics Magazine January and February sampler, uh, and the video just premiered on Diddy TV, which is a fantastic app you can watch on your smart TV. It's based out of Memphis, huh? It is based out of Memphis, yeah. Uh, Just premiered January 16th on there so you can and you can also check it out at the link in the show notes or on our facebook page he's also a lifelong beatles fan which makes sense for someone agreeing to be on this niche little program <laughs> yeah i feel like you have to have some high level of beatles appreciation to be here it's some, unless you're an idiot like me some semblance <laughs> of appreciation for what we're doing here yeah. or at least you're just really really bored one of the two I mean, that's it's also pretty awesome that he created this whole way for musicians to make money during a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a struggle. You know, you're a musician. We know a lot of musicians yeah. and it is so frustrating. You know, not only just the musicians, but also the venues. There's so many venues here in New Orleans that we love that are just struggling to yep. make it through. Mm hmm. And that's not to say there aren't tons of businesses that are also struggling. We're right. just talking about musicians today. Right, right. Um, but I was actually glad to see in the last bill that was passed, there's money for uh, venues. Venue, and, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. So hopefully they'll um, that'll help them to hang on for just a little bit longer so that they'll be there when it's safe to yes. uh, have some concerts again. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I look forward to performing and going to concerts again. 
same. Yeah. I I think we have some some uh, uh, tickets in the ether that <laughs> <laughs> for shows that we bought. We do. What was it? Um, we were going to Royal Blood. Royal Blood. The Darkness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a whole uh, bunch. Brian we Wilson. Brian Wilson. We had tickets to see Brian Wilson and the Monkees. Oh wait, it wasn't Brian Wilson. It was the Monkees. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. The not monkeys. Brian Wilson. Yeah. Uh, so we had Royal Blood, The Darkness, uh, The Monkees. Yeah. All kinds of tickets just sort of floating out there. Yep. That we've paid for. Hopefully, we get to see those shows one day. Fingers crossed. But in the meantime, we will provide the entertainment that we can via this silly little podcast. You'd think that people would have had enough of silly podcasts. Oh, a double song <laughs> Double deuce day. coming wow. at you. <laughs> That's enough wow. of that. I've, I've given away enough. <laughs> it's time to rank some Beatles. So, friends of the podcast, please welcome Mr. Ben Labatt. Ben, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to Ranking the Beatles. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all very much for having me. I'm uh, doing pretty good, considering, um, you know, what this what this world is and uh so it's it's all good man just just making making my way into 2021 yeah man how's uh you know as, as a musician how's the last year treated you what have you gotten to do or not gotten to do that you well, were planning on doing we've done right we've done a handful of uh uh live stream and uh videos um i've been doing more just kind of really impromptu ukulele recordings and posting that stuff um live gigs obviously for everybody it's just been a non-existent thing yeah um it's just it's just what it is um but you know you always make the best of the situation i've been able to release i think nine singles um this year wow. so instead of trying to work on the album i just finish a single and release it right yeah. just let it go yeah um so i did nine of those from actually from march I think end of March, 2020 till uh, November, end of November, right after Thanksgiving, um, mm. released the ninth single. So pretty productive um, because of like what we're doing now, um, doing an interview in different, you know, different towns. Um, mm. We were able to record uh, music in different studios and pass tracks back and forth to each other. And, you know, I, I produced it, edited everything, you know, keyboard player would play you know, seven different takes with different sounds and I'd pick what I liked. And, um, that's just the way it was. So it's, 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 nobody can deny that 2020 has called for a lot of, um, improvisation, yeah. um, or, yeah. um, in how things are done. Right. Yeah. Human beings are great at adapting, um, musicians and anybody else. Um, people just do it. For you know, sure. They just find a way. For so, sure. I want to tell everybody a lot. Yeah. It definitely did. I, and one of the things I wanted to ask you about um, was the Bayou Fever sessions. We were both talking about that. Um, tell, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about that? It seemed like a really cool thing to kind of help other musicians. Which, you know, when it it says a lot for you know someone when you're a musician yourself to not just go, you know, how can I help myself, but you know, like how can we help you know the greater community? Like right. that's really cool. So I'd like to hear more about that. Sure. Um, it was right after, you know, when everybody kind of went on lockdown, um, uh, quite a few of the gentlemen um, that were involved in that project were just completely shut down. They were touring, right? Mm -hmm. And so that just, I mean, breaks locked up, um, come back from quarantine. Um, so, and, you know, I had reached out to a few of them that I knew, you know, didn't have any source of income at the time. Um, 
seeing if they had home rigs and were able to record at home and if they'd help me finish a few songs. Um, we didn't raise a ton of money. I think we raised uh, about $3,000 um, and we were able to give each of those guys, I think about five, 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, it's just for the immediate, just to record on, on four songs, um, which was more fun to do it. You know, it's just something to do. Wish yeah. we could have kept it going, but um, people just kind of, um, you know, found other avenues to 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 have income, and um, it was it was it was tough to do. Yeah, and um, you know, to get people to give, um, you know, small businesses. You know, usually, you know, in the area, you reach out to small businesses. But guess what? All the small businesses that would usually give to a um, a little project like that were also shut down. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like, so a lot of the the money we raised was personal donations that's um, impressive we had people um individuals gave money because i mean that's what it was yeah i've been fortunate i have a um a day job and i've been employed through this entire process mm -hmm. um as a decision on years ago um to do that um but some of my very talented friends and um, colleagues made a decision to do music full-time and it really man right that was rough. I, it's for a lot of people that have uh, um, vocations and something other um, that it just the brakes just got slammed. Yeah, you know for sure. That's really whether it's completely yeah. It's but it, it was good. We helped them out. We got some great songs. We actually, I think I sent you a Beatles tune we recorded. Mm -hmm. um, that was part of the Bayou Fever set. I haven't released it yet. That's um, cool. But. That is, you have um, Jeff McCartney singing on there with me. Um, Jeff McCartney plays for Louisiana LaRue, or is it singing for Louisiana LaRue? Yeah. And the, and the Mixed Nuts, um, Travis Thibodeau. Travis Thibodeau's a keyboard player um, and vocalist. He's singing and playing on there. Travis, um, I think he was in the Mixed Nuts as well, but he also was the uh, keyboard player for Journey. He went on tour with Journey for the last... Um, two years i think wow. don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. so you got some guys you know with some clout uh singing on these songs the bite fever session songs josh garrett blues guitar player he's on a lot of them yeah um so we were to help a little bit but it, it was it was fun i think for for me it was fun and i think for those guys it was fun and we we're able to get them you know a, a few hundred bucks right when it you know things got got hairy right at the beginning anyway yeah that's really fantastic because i mean you know the idea of doing something long-term like that is always tough, but, you know, when you can give that kind of shot in the arm, you know, that when it's really needed, that's, you know, that's massive. That's the kind of thing that, you know, yep. someone's going to always be grateful for that, you know, for whatever it is. Um, you know, when, when we first went into lockdown, I did a few live streams because I had shows booked, you know, th up through, you know, April. And so we... I did a couple live streams and then I was raising money through those and sending it straight to the staff of the venues that we were playing at. I reached out to the venue owner and said, you know, Hey, who, right. who was going to be working on these dates? Like who did you have scheduled? And I would send them, I'd split that up, you know, however many ways. Um, and it wasn't always a ton, but it was enough well, to like cover an electrical bill for a month, you know, and like that helps. So, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good on you, man. Well, uh, you know, I want to ask you if we can go back a little bit. Uh, you know, tell me, how did you first discover the Beatles? What's your uh, your introduction to them? Introduction to the Beatles. I thought about this one, and um, it's it's not 
uh, later. I got really into the Beatles a lot later. Um, but early on um, was my mother um, riding in the car. Um, anytime a Beatles song would come on, uh, her preferred Beatles songs and my preferred Beatles songs are not the same. Mm. She prefers earlier years. I prefer the later years. Um, but Love, Love Me Do, Hello, Goodbye. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, that was her stuff. So I remember riding in the in the car, just going to the grocery store and her putting in tapes um, of the Beatles. So I have to give um, you know my mom a lot of credit for introducing me to the Beatles. And of course, she was the, the fangirl years, right? Mm-hmm. So I think she was... I want to say she was probably 17, 18 and 1968, 69. So that was right. You know, she remembers when they first came over and like she had the posters and um, she told me for a a, a talent show uh, when she was in high school, they, her and three other girls did a lip sync com- competition uh, and they were the Beatles and <laughs> nobody wanted to be George. So she, she was George. Uh, Aww. <laughs> Poor George. Poor George. He's my favorite one, too. And and so that was her. Always, She always bring that story up. And uh, yeah, she was my first introduction as a a, a young, probably, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, kind of like my kids are now. I hear them. I'm introducing them to some of my favorites, including the Beatles. But I remember my mom doing that Mm -hmm. when I was uh, that young, impressionable age, I guess. Yeah. Was there a a moment where it where it kind of sunk its teeth into you? Cause I know you mentioned you really dove in deep later on, like in your twenties, what was it that kind of spurred that on for you? Uh, I think it's been around people that also, um, you know, cause I got into a big alternative fam. I'm sure you did as well. So for sure. my teens, it was Soundgarden and Stonewall Pilots and Pearl Jam. And, um, and then a little bit later we, I mean, those rock and roll bands that were, you know, new at the time, um, but then meeting other people at, at, at university um, that had listened to more, you know, alternative country and, you know, folk music and the, the going, you know, up, up until then, I really didn't know a lot about the Beatles later years. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you know, when you got out of, when you got into the, you know, Revolver and then to Sgt. Pepper, and it was just like, what in the world is, is going on here? <laughs> um, from the songwriting from the harmonies, from the production, people, nobody, I don't think people underestimate, but the production, you don't hear people doing as much of that separation. Like mm-hmm. you hear a really good mix song and you have a hi-hat panned all the way to the right side and the bass guitar is all the way to the left. I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I would listen to that with headphones. I just be like, man, I got, we got to try some of this. Yeah. And so they, um, that, the the um the experimental um the experimental but still you, know, you can be experimental and it can be complete garbage right oh, this is way <laughs> too just wild. right but experimenting in a way that it was still good mm-hmm. um like you can make a new recipe for a new dish like you can extri- you can put turmeric and mayonnaise together it doesn't mean it's gonna be good right <laughs> but if you you put you put certain things together and it and it works and that they had a, a a masterful ability to to bring unique things together and make them work that you wouldn't i mean it's just i mean you don't i don't hear a lot of people doing that anymore yeah at that level sure. it's just it's just it's a different it's a different level man mm-hmm. it's a different level i think it's just, also it's it's a different marketplace now where 
you know, we're back yeah. to that kind of mentality from the fifties where like, it's just marketable product, uh, sure. as opposed to like creating art for lack of, you know, less pretentious phrase. Um, you know, no one's trying to, well, I shouldn't say no one, but you know, in the, in the mass market, you know, that's not what people want. You know, people just want the people just want the candy that they can easily consume as opposed to someone pushing, you know, the envelope on things. And look, the Beatles made them work their way out of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they were they were the candy. Sure. Um, From what my like my mom, what she introduced, she remembers the boy band, Mm -hmm. like the original boy band. And that she fell in love with. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's today's. There's some really good music out there. Um, there really is some great artists. And then there's a lot of that um, mass produced. This is just what the, what the people want to consume. So this is what we'll give them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I do it your own way. Um, that's why I'm do, I do it my own way. Um, I like not having to um, to answer to anybody. <laughs> I guess. Totally can dig that. <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to answer to people and, and kind of been like, you know, this song needs to change. This needs, it's not long enough. This needs to be better. This needs to be, you can't say that here. You mm-hmm. can only say that. You can't say, whoa, 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 wait. And we were being paid by a label at the time. And look, it was a great experience, but it was, that was one of the, you know, you call it the cost, um, the cost of being able to play like that. Yeah. It was, um, having a lot critiqued and you had to stay within a certain square. Mm-hmm. You couldn't color outside the lines. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. And it's tough, you know, when you want to create new things and try different things and then you hear, you know, you got to get to the chorus way quicker than this. Like, <laughs> like, right. do you need to repeat this here? You can't do a key change here. Uh, right. you know, and it's, it's no fun to be told, you know, what you're envisioning and creating, like just won't work for some imaginary, you know, marketplace consumer, you know, right. Yeah. In that vein, as a musician, how have the Beatles impacted your work? Impacted my work? I think I, on that same vein, it's it's helped to um, let me step back um, and uh, be more experimental um, with instruments and things that you wouldn't normally put. Um, you would, you know, and, and the, I mean, it's just the doors that they they opened. Um, the the melodies they tried they use the um, the harmonies the call and answer stuff, um, you know, I do it quite a um, there's a there's a song I have um, called the last place on earth and it's kind of a I think the, all of all four of them even in the even in the more serious songs there was a great sense of humor mm-hmm. right it was a self deprecating I think John Lennon was probably the best self deprecator. Um, but there's like a self-deprecating humor and uh, you don't hear it and let it be or yesterday, or you kind of do, maybe it's an underlying tone, but um, I mean, you know, that, that type of uh, that wit, um, not, I'm saying they influenced me. That's a very, very high bar um, to try and emulate or even um, you know, respectfully imitate sure. some <laughs> of the stuff that, that, that the fab four did. Mm-hmm. But you know, set the bar really high, and you try and get there. I mean, it, it, it affected. It, you can it pervades. I mean, you won't hear any in a lot of my stuff. You won't hear any. Oh wow, that was definitely Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, 
you listen close enough, you'll see the influences there. Um, on this, I think the song "The Last Place on Earth" um, is definitely one you hear a lot of Beatles. Um, the rhythms and the the production separate a lot of stuff out. Um, we put a lot of harmonies. Uh, mm -hmm. I got different people to sing instead of me singing the harmony. Um, I got different voices. Um, yeah, and I mean, I have I have a play with a, a group of guys. So even though I go by just my my name now, Ben Labot, we released four albums under Ben Labot and the Happy Devil. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same group of guys. We just dropped the, the Happy Devil part uh, this year. And um, but they are some big time Beatles fans as well. So you hear it in the bass lines. Um, you hear it in some of the guitar work. Um, I mean, hugely influential. I don't see how um, anybody can claim to be a, a musician nowadays or a, a recording artist, whatever you call it, and not have been influenced in some way. Um, and if they haven't, if they weren't, then I don't think they're very good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, and even if like not specifically musically influenced, like there are people in the world that the Beatles are not their jam. I don't get it, but it's okay. It's true. It's true. Um, but even just like some of the equipment, like they invented gear that yep. you yep. use in the studio today. So like you kind of can't escape them regardless of whether you like their music or not deal with it <laughs> yeah and I, I think right. you know i think it's funny also you know there's so many things that not just that they invented but like just styles that like are so um proprietary to them like any drummer you could say sure. like do it like ringo and they know what you're talking about and right. they're going to know you know how to do that um you know and when when you've got a band i think especially even if the beatles aren't like your focus of what you're trying to do or like you know, no one's saying, you know, this we sh this, sh this is a Beatles kind of song. Uh, when everyone's frame of reference includes that, you know, you find so many, uh, so many commonalities, I think, that where those influences just kind of pop up naturally. Because it's like, right. it's, it's, it's a tool that everyone has in their tool chest. Sure, know? absolutely. And those things just I think pop a, up. A big thing that, um, maybe I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't know if there were a lot of... Um, bands that shared the uh, songwriting process um, like has been documented with those guys mm -hmm. or that would allow uh, and there, there are now I mean I know you know um, but when you see you know, Lennon McCartney it, it, when I listen to the solo work while they did have some success all of them um, it's just not as good um, because I think the way they were able to bounce, this is speculative, um, just from what I've, I've noticed and see mm -hmm. um, and hear, um, them being able to bounce um, ideas off of each other yeah. and knowing, oh, that's definitely, Lennon probably wrote that line or came up with that melody or, you know, that's, you know, and you can do it within the song and kind of pick out the parts. And it made a song great when, okay, you wrote the verse and he wrote the chorus Dude, there was if if I'd have written the chorus, it would have sounded like the same thing. But now we're going in this whole new direction, and I think um, being able to—I mean, listening to a day in the life—that um, particular song really was like, how can we change gear? Because I've tr we've tried the band I'm in to change gears in the middle of a song like that, mm -hmm. and not just one gear. I mean, it went from you know 16th gear to first gear, and like back up to 16th gear. That's yeah. Like, that's it's impressive to be able to do that or to take that chance. Granted, when they 
a day in life on Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, at that point, they had already been, they were pretty well established, but even to take that chance and do that, man, that's, that's wild. Yeah. So that kind of collaboration, I think, um, influenced whether it's, you know, you, you sound like the Beatles or not. I think the fact that they, they did that was pretty Im impressive and that should be used by a lot of, um, bands and anybody who's trying to be creative and create something mm -hmm. um, you know it's a big part of it you get better results with good minds together. One, one of the benefits to you know writing with a partner or working with a partner in any uh in any job any occupation is you have someone that i think keeps you accountable for levels of quality and for pushing to improve and do better um and i think that, that, i think that applies in in any field but especially for songwriting, you know, they're always trying to one up each other and they're always trying to, sure. to see each other at that point and push each other to the next place because it's always going to benefit the greater good, you know? Um, and then in, when they, in, you know, in the solo years, they don't have that so much. And granted, like there's times where they're kind of responding to each other via song, um, you sure. know, on each album. Um, but they're not necessarily like, writing with each other's, you know, best, uh, best qualities in mind of like, you know, sure. this is going to help elevate what we do because of this, they're just writing, you know, un, you know, unabated. Um, and so, I'm, um, you know, yeah, like you said, there are, there are great moments in the solo catalog. Um, but yeah, I think not having that kind of, you know, soundboard definitely, you know, I, I, oh, I, definitely. I hate to say it hurt their music because there's a lot of great stuff in there, but it just makes it different. It's just a very different beast. You know, all those albums are just a whole different ball game. I mean, you're in the same room or in the same doing it. And now you're in, it's just, and look, different people um, bring out different, you know, song I've, I've written with a bunch of different people and the songs I've written with some people are much different than others because that's, was their stuff. The two styles together or three styles together you know, produce this. And then these were over here. I mean, it's just different. And so that, that group before was just a magical, just a magical uh, thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, you want to go ahead and do some, uh, some ranking, my friend. Sure. Excellent. All right. Well, coming in this week at number 185 is the night before. Presumably at the beginning of 1965 and recorded February 17th uh, in the sessions for the Help album and soundtrack, The Night Before was written, we think, entirely by Paul. Uh, now I say that because John in several interviews referred to it as a song that he barely remembered, but did mention that it was all Paul. The basic rhythm track was recorded in just two takes, followed by overdubs, including George and Paul's dual octave guitar solo. Uh, the song is one of, if not the first time, we actually hear John Lennon on the keys on a track. Uh, he previously played piano on the song Things We Said Today for A Hard Day's Night, but the part is practically inaudible. 
And on this track, he's on the Honor Pianet Electric Piano, which features prominently throughout the entire Help album and certainly on this track. Uh, the song was completed in five hours, and the sole live performance of it comes from a BBC session recorded in May, broadcast in June of 65, two months before the release of its parent album and the film it appears in. And then Paul actually added it to his own set list on his On the Run tour from 2011 to 2012. So, why do I have uh, The Night Before at 185? So, Help was actually the first CD I ever purchased with my own money. Um, and so I feel like this song is kind of burned into my DNA, having listened to that album probably a thousand times. Uh, it's the second track on the album, and I've always kind of enjoyed uh, that following the minor key juggernaut that is Help, uh, the Night Before is a major key, perfect pop song uh, that immediately kind of changes the whole vibe of the album. I think Paul's vocal on here is wonderful. Uh, he really leans into a raspiness without ever shouting, especially coming out of that bridge, I think is just fantastic. Um, I've seen things written over the years uh, that kind of challenge John's competency as a pianist. Paul often gets the credit as uh, the best pianist in the band, and deservedly so. Like He's really a phenomenal piano player. Um, but I've got to say... Um, John turns in one of my favorite keyboard performances on this track. It's super rhythmic. It's got this great percussive feel to it. He really drives the whole track from the keyboard, which I think is really impressive. Um, it's also one of those like rare songs where I want to play kind of air piano to it because it just kind of like sticks out and rocks it so much. Um, switching to the Latin feel on the bridge, I think, is a really smart, clever move. It really changes the texture of the song and lets the lyrics stand out. Um, and it's a real sensual lyric there, which I think, uh, you know, the breakdown puts the focus on the lyric completely, uh, which I think is kind of brave for a band whose primary demographic is teenagers uh, to sing, you know, talking about last night and say, when I think of the things we did, it makes me want to cry. Uh, it's kind of like adult theme for a, a teen band. Uh, I think the tracks maybe lost some of its sheen to me over the years, though. Uh, the verse lyrics are kind of unimpressive. It it. It's guilty of falling into that kind of June moon spoon rhyme that Paul does sometimes. I think the intros may be a bit long and uninteresting, uh, which is surprising because they're really good at coming out of the gate strong with a hook on most songs. Uh, this one just kind of meanders for a minute before the vocal comes in. I think I love this, like kind of the simple cheekiness of the, ah, the night before backing vocal from John and George. It's really catchy and fun. Even if it's maybe something that is better done, by Neil Innes with the Ruddles. Um, it just, it's kind of like a very like blueprint Beatles thing. But overall, I think it's a fun track. It's really well performed, but I won't lie. Occasionally, I might skip this track when it comes on. If I'm on shuffle, I might just go, eh, maybe not today. So that's my thoughts on, uh, on this track. What do you think, my friend? Um, I think it is... Um correctly placed um at the lower end of the totem pole yeah um or the lower man end of the rank um i think you there are some good uh, i like the mix it's impressive that it was recorded in two takes um then a couple overdubs that's recorded on my birthday nice it's february 17th <laughs> nice um, but, but like you said um lyrically it's unimpressive to me because like you said paul did the june moon kind of uh it didn't um it didn't grab me it didn't wow me yeah like um it's almost like a, a filler a filler track and mm-hmm. i know it's not it's the number two track on there it's in between help and hide your love away i think it's yeah. number three mm-hmm. um but 
yeah, it it it, it didn't. Um, you know, they were still I think finding their footing um, as writers pushing push envelope. And the night before feels like a track that they they cut to appease the the fan base or the record label. Mm-hmm. Um, no, good points. I like I like when you mentioned the Latin uh, the Latin break. I just the, the maracas when they come on and the, and, the, and the, the different vibe that's great I think they were starting to to find that ground where they can really um, change um, the dynamic of a song quickly mm-hmm. and and meaningfully and then let the the lyrics um, you know take over and sit, uh, stand out um, the 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 octave guitar solo is another uh, neat point that I like um, very simple it reminds like Man, it, I didn't hear that guitar the whole song, and then it just comes in, does the octave solo, and then it's out again. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really think you ever hear it again. Um, and it's not a shredding, overly um, complicated guitar solo. It's a few notes, and it, it breaks up the song, and then it's back in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a decent. It's the Beatles. It's a good song, um, but it, it doesn't rank in my in my top. Uh, my top 20. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think that it's got such a, a prime placement on the record too. And I get that like it's used in the film. So it's got to be on like the A side of the record. Um, right. It, it feels like, you know, when like a puppy is growing into its paws and like the paws are still too big for the puppy and they don't quite know like what to do with them yet. <laughs> like that's what this feels like. Like, right. It feels like a song that's musically really strong, but the lyrics are really suffering. And, you know, yeah. 20 minutes yeah. later, Paul's got yesterday, which like is right. the high mar- yeah. the high watermark of, you know, song and lyrical composition. Um, but then he's doing this kind of eyes, goodbyes, kind of simple thing, you know. Part of me feels like that was just, oh, they need another one. Hey, what can we do? Um, and kind of just, you know, stuck it out there to, to, to have something. There were... I think that was a not, I don't want to say a common practice, but uh, okay, great. We got 25 minutes. What do they need? 28? Um, slap something together. Mm-hmm. Not that this was slapped together. But it it may have leaned a little more in that direction. Let's just fill it up a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, they were... Possibly. Well, you know, I, I think there's credence to that because they were looking at, like, having to make the film as very much like this is something that we just contractually have to do. You know, they're not, right. yeah. they, they didn't get into this to be actors. It's kind of just this extra thing that they have to do. Um, but right. they've got to put together a group of songs for a film that they don't know what the film is about. Cause they're not writing the film. Mm. They just know they need songs for a film. So they're just throwing shit at the wall. And like, is this, is this good for the film? Sure. Cool. Great. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, and it's, it's, it's I find it so interesting because you've got so many other truly great songs in this film you've got you've got to hide your love away you've got help ticket to ride are all featured in this like those are three classics right there um yep. so i mean for putting a batch of songs together for a film you know kind of you know hodgepodge ending up with three you know certain classics is a pretty high batting average i think so let me ask you questions um playing to my my ignorance here were the songs written specifically for the film or was the was that was a lot of the songs created and then the film was recorded around the, the songs. I, I don't think the songs were created for the context of the film. They knew that they needed songs for the film. 
Um, from what I've, okay. from what, from what is kind of talked about with the film, um, it was kind they knew it was going to be like a heist kind of thing. And then it was like, well, where do we want to go film this? Oh, well, we've never been to the Bahamas. Let's go to the Bahamas. Uh, I want to go, I want to learn to ski. Okay. Let's go to Switzerland. You know, like it was very, uh, just kind of thrown together. Um, cause they knew that whatever they did was going to be, you know, it was going to, it was going to be yeah. a hit and they had to do it relatively quickly. Um, so whatever songs they were working on were just, was just kind of like, okay, well, is this in consideration? Cool. And then, uh, Dick Lester, the director basically picked it, you know, picked what he thought, you know, would work best in the film based on, you know, how good the song was. Um, help was not the original title of the film. Uh, it was originally going to be called uh, eight arms to hold you. And John wrote help. And it just, the idea of help seemed to fit the context of the film better. So that became the title and the title track. Um, so I, I think kind of one hand fed the other with that. Um, the, sure. the songs generally have no context to the film at all. Um, it's just like right. the Beatles performing a song while they're skiing, the Beatles performing a song <laughs> on a beach. Um, you know, they just, they just right. it's just a series of performances. Yeah. It wasn't a, yeah. a concept album around a, you know, a, a Western movie. Right. 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 Yeah. There's like, there's no storyline where like Paul, yeah. you know, gets dumped by a girl the, the morning after and he sings the night before. Like it's right. just a song that they play on the beach, you know? What do you think, Julia? What do you, where are you sitting on this one? Um, I, while the lyrics are very simple, um, it's Paul, right? Like he, as you said, like he does that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really great example of their ability to tell like a, a vivid story in like a short three minute, super catchy song. Like mm-hmm. I, again, as with many songs, like I'd heard it before, but I never really like sat down, read the lyrics, listened to it, thought about it actively, you know, while I was listening to it. And I did that for the first time. And I immediately was like, Oh yeah, I totally get what he's saying. Like who among us, you know, hasn't been on at least one side of this equation, <laughs> you know, of like, you maybe you go out have a couple drinks meet somebody and you're like oh my gosh this person is so cool they're amazing you have a great time and then the next morning you wake up and you're like oh no they're not really cool at all what was i doing oh totally not into them (laughs) or been on the other side of it where you thought you hit it off with someone and then the next day they're like "Mm, i'm not really feeling it yeah i don't think so like it's such a relatable thing. Like it's a thing that happens all the time. And he like made a super catchy song about it (laughs) (laughs) as they do. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, there, it's not groundbreaking. It's not changing the world, but it's a fun song. And I, I think it's a super relatable concept Mm -hmm. that, you know, lots of people can be like, yeah, been there. (laughs) And it's funny because I I think, you know, when we, we talked about this earlier today, um, you know, the concept of like the one night stand and like getting ghosted, you know, and I feel like the majority of time, and this is speculation, this is broad generalization. I feel like the majority of the time that happens, it's generally a dude ghosting a girl, you know, like, cause men are pretty shitty usually. Um, so generally, you know, that's something, this storyline I think would be something that happens to 
a woman. Uh, so it's kind of interesting that Paul's writing it from that perspective mm-hmm. or, you know, that that storyline is flipped on him as the writer because that's kind of an unusual storyline for a guy to sing about. Right. But if that if that's their audience is Ben's mom, 17 right. yeah. year old girl, <laughs> and he's like, I hear you. I see you. And you just like swoon all over the place. I mean, like, how smart were they? Paul gets me. Only Paul gets right? me. Right? He's like, oh, my sensitive Paul. He understands how hard this is. You should totally ask your mom, like, did some guy ever, like, not return your calls and just ghost you? And, like, and you're like, Paul understands me. I mean, come on. Yeah. But it doesn't just go for a. Uh... For guys, I mean, because I've been ghosted by, I've been told I was a, a charity case before. Oh, Jesus I was like, Christ. what? <laughs> so, wow. A charity case? That's a terrible Tom. thing to say. That's kind of mean. Yeah. That's I had a broken, I had a, I had a broken, a broken arm, and um, I guess she felt sorry for me, but I was, <laughs> it was only out of pity. Yikes. Oh, yeah. wow. I can relate, I can relate to the song. Is this why you chose it's, the it, song? It, 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 <laughs> Still, it's that's twenty five years ago. It's still flashing back. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I've definitely done that to people before. You ghosted? We all have. Come on, we all have. It's fine. It goes both ways, definitely. Yeah, man, it's fine. You're a you're a cold hearted lover, aren't oh, you? <laughs> you've done it too. Um, I love this. You've done it. I've too. never ghosted anyone. <laughs> I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Just letting you know, I would not be getting in the middle of y'all's lover's quarrel. <laughs> well, we like to put it out here for all to see, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and just in case you didn't catch it, this is The Beatles and The Night Before. I think this is a song that's like a foul ball, like made good contact, maybe pulled a little, a little hard to the left. You know, um, it's a good, it's a good track uh, for some. I don't know what it is that makes me sometimes just like not want to hear it. Like there's just sometimes it starts right. and I'm just like, eh, I'm not feeling it today. And I don't know what that is. Um, yeah. It's just got a thing about it that I've never put my finger on. I don't know. It's very strange because I can't sit there and be like, I really hate when they do X, Y, Z, and I don't want to hear that. Um, it's just one that's never quite, like, rubbed me the right way. The, the skipping over or not wanting to listen to it, it's just, it's too typical to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's too cookie cutter for what they were trying to, um, what, the, what success they were coming off of. It feels like it was more of the same of that. Yeah. Um, than just bouncy, charming. It feels like them. It feels like it feels like an attempt at writing a Beatles song by the Beatles, right? As opposed so to just the like Beatles the... writing songs. Does that make sense? Right. So that makes perfect sense, yeah. and that's probably why I don't like it because I felt like you were just trying to write the same. And I don't say I, I don't like. It's still a Beatles song. Yeah, let's, it's, let's, st- let's it's still great. <laughs> it's, it's still great. It's like this is very, very. You know, a very very high bar when you're comparing one of the Beatles lesser songs to the rest of their catalog I yeah. mean I mean 
I mean, just be real here. So it's, I mean, it's better than any song I've written. So <laughs> for sure, we're same, right? <laughs> so the worst Beatles song is still better than all us. So, yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> so, so, so we we know, it's be. So yeah. we, we ahead, feel, that's okay. I was gonna say, so we feel like it's at a good spot at 185. How do we feel on that? I think it's a good, good, good spot. I was waiting for Julia. I thought it was her oh, turn. Sorry, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> I I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, like I think it's a good song. I like the the subject matter. Like I said, I think it's relatable. Um, but it's not groundbreaking. Like it's a fairly simple song. And like you said, even their not great songs are still pretty great songs. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's all relative. Yep. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So I feel good about it. How does it sit in the context of the fact that I've got this at 185 and I had the long and winding road in the in the 200s? <laughs> I love I like I looks like bringing it up now cuz it it riles people Friends, up. you can't see this, Where? but Ben just leaned no. into the camera with an eyebrow <laughs> raised looking at Jonathan with a very confused face. <laughs> it's I mean it's I don't 100 percent agree with it, but I don't. The Long and Winding Road is also not one of my, my favorites. Um, um, the more impor- important question is, where do you have Rocky Raccoon? Um, um, Rocky Raccoon is on deck. It's coming up sooner than later, actually. Oh, so it's it's not on the list yet. I didn't. I didn't... It has not been released yet. It's not. The, it has not come up in the ranking yet. Um, like the the whole list is done. It's 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 in its slot, but we'll be hearing from. Rocky Raccoon season okay, so later. You, yeah. You, gotcha. So it, it has this spot. You just can't let us know where it exactly, is. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That this is see well, and, this is the challenging thing as I'm as I'm booking shows, you know, throughout the like further through the year. Um, you know, guests are saying, Well, you know, what else is on the list before it? And I'm trying to like not give the context until like until the interview. So like I have guests that I'm booking for like June who want to know like, well, what's coming before this track. And it's like, I feel like I shouldn't tell them cause they're going to think less of me because <laughs> there are like some surprises, but like, you know, one of the things that I, I'd say this almost every episode is like, this is all just subjective. It's one person's opinion uh, just to spark a conversation between, you know, three people. So. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, I mean, there's still Beatles songs, man. It's, it's subjective. Um, I mean, people are gonna, I mean, I mean, people have their different, like my mom and myself, we have our different periods that we prefer. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the out, al- everybody's going to have their favorite albums and their least favorite albums. You yeah. know, my mother doesn't like Sgt. Pepper at all. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's masterful. Um, but, and so her list of, you know, was it 223? Yeah. Would be much different. She wouldn't even have heard of half of them because she refuses to listen to that psychedelic stuff. You know, she <laughs> That's wants so to, funny. Uh, I love it. She's like, I'm tapping out. I'm good. I've heard enough. Yeah, I love it. it. I, like, just she, put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah. She said, why did they have to get so strange? They were very good in 1965. <laughs> that is so funny. Why did they take all those drugs? <laughs> yeah. Well, since yeah. you mentioned it, is Rocky Raccoon your favorite song? It's up there. Um, probably in the top 10. Really? Um, that's... But not, not... You're the second person yeah. that's told me that. I find that really interesting. Um, I don't know why. I don't. I just like this. I like the sense of humor. So when. Um... It's just, it's a story. It's just, it's so funny. It makes me laugh. It just, it, and I'm not, I'm not talking about from, I have others that are favorites because of the, the recording and the, the deep sentiment 
and the, the masterful playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but rock, but and I have others that are favorites because it's an acoustic guitar and you know, you know, is Paul imitating a, a Midwesterner or whatever he's he's doing? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I just it's I just like it. It makes and me I'm happy. A, yeah, I'm, I have a. a it makes me happy, right? It makes that's, me happy. happy. That's, and then that's all that matters, man. That's and so that's, yeah, it's, it's, that's one of them for sure. I love it. Um, yeah. Are you, are you, have you, have you seen the, the help film? It's been a while, Yeah. Um, but I have seen it. The, you know, it, it's funny. Cause you know, when I, it's been a while when I go through the songs on, on this album or on a hard day's night, um, you know, I think more so on, on help. Cause it's such a, a visually pleasing color film. Like it's just a well shot, you know, really cool thing. Um, I really like when I hear the song, I can really envision uh, the scenes where they're performing it like this one. And, um, and I need you. They've (laughs) there's, there's this bit in the film where they have a, uh, they're being, you know, the whole film they're being, uh, you know, followed by these unknown nationality, uh, you know, villains trying to get this ring off of Ringo's hand. Um, and so they go to Scotland yard for help and, you know, they're, they're trying, they're, they're, they're going to be assassinated and they've got a really important recording session tomorrow. So then it cuts to, uh, they've got them in this gigantic open field recording surrounded by tanks. And, uh, it's just this really surreal, bizarre thing. And as a, as a young kid, when I watched it and also like getting into music and wondering how it's made and going, can you record in a field like this? <laughs> Did they actually do this in a field? Wow. That sounds really good. Did they do this in a field? <laughs> but um, no, I just, I find it really interesting how like even all these years later, like I hear this song and I still can kind of play that part of the film in my head. And it's like that for everything right. on this record, whether it's, uh, you know, it for help, I picture the beginning of the film where they're in black and white or uh, you're going to lose that girl where they're actually in a studio and it's, uh, this really cool like backlit shot and you know Ringo's smoking the whole time so there's smoke throughout the whole thing and it's just a really well shot thing um, and all those images are kind of just like ingrained in my head on these songs um, which I th- you know is I feel like maybe I like them more in the, like in the film like in the moment than right. as a standalone yeah I'm just tossing that out there off the top of my head I well, maybe you're also that. associating like you said you really like how the film was shot and everything so maybe you're associating like double senses of pleasantness you know like you're it's appealing to your eyes it's appealing to your ears so it's like yes yeah so maybe it's just the whole thing makes you happy because you you, you, i think you like the beatles right (laughs) that is a valid uh maybe (laughs) i love it well um i think we're at a good point on it why don't we uh let's do some rapid fire questions you got you got time for that let's go awesome absolutely all right Rapid fire number one, your favorite Beatles song? A Day in the Life. Ooh, good one. Nice. Good one. Uh, what's your least favorite? Ooh. Does it have to be a popular one? It can be some... Um, it can be anything I don't, you want I don't like be. much of the... I can't answer it. Next question. <laughs> Fair <laughs> what's, enough. Well, let's go with one that you would like skip. Like, what's one that if it comes on, you're just like, meh. I'm just not feeling it. It doesn't have to be like you hate this song. The long and winding road. Oh, my dude. Oh. <laughs> my dude. <laughs> I love I'll it. I'll skip it. 
It's you know we we come to I feel like we reapproach this all the time. Yeah. Do you think it's the song itself or is it the recording of the song itself? Well, my favorite recording for Let It Be, I actually prefer Let It Be Naked over Let It Be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, that Paul and Ringo kind of commissioned or approved uh, in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I listened to that album before I really got into, I listened to that album over and over and over and over again before I actually listened to Let It Be, the, really? re- the original. Interesting. And so when I heard the Phil Spector stuff that he did on the original, it just turned me off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of my favorite songs, I said A Day in the Life, but also um, uh, Don't Let Me Down is a very, very close second. Love that um, song. For some reason, the, the the emotionality with it and the rawness, especially on uh, Let It Be Naked. Um, and then, you know, The Long and Winding Road is on there. And, and it, I don't know, it's too s- slow and... Uh, it just doesn't make me feel it might make other people feel a certain way but it, it just doesn't it just doesn't tap into me yeah kind of Kinda, the same way I, like I, I usually skip it yeah so that way it's, it's uh what is your favorite beatles album uh sergeant pepper nice nice uh what's your favorite memory associated with a beatles song hmm favorite memory associated with a beatles song don't have many like Jonathan where you can pinpoint each song to a spot in the movie and like, them back. That's pretty, pretty uh, amazing you can do that. Uh, I think it would probably be uh, you know, doing covers of Beatles songs um, were always tough to do them right. And you always felt like um, you can cover certain other band songs and kind of wing it. Um, but when you this is just me. When you when you cover a Beatles song, um, it, it's almost something not to sound corny, but kind of sacred as a musician yep. or as a as a fan. You really feel like you have to do it uh, justice, and I only feel like that that way with a, a few artists. Paul Simon's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're gonna do this, you have to do it legit. Like, you better can't, come correct. Can't, yeah, uh, can't fake it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so covering, I think we did, is it Let It Be? Um, but, oh, just play Let It Be. It's easy. it's actually a pretty easy song to play and, and cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to do it, um, do it right. And we did it, and I think we have a live recording of it. I have to find it. Um, that's one of my, my favorite memories of, you know, rehearsing and rehearsing to get this particular cover of a Beatles song right. And, and cutting it and feeling like we did it justice. Yeah. Um, and not just, you know, slapping it together and getting out there like we're at a, you know, piano bar and you know, somebody's just yelling, can you try it? No, we're not just going to try it. If we're going to do it, we're going to, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, so, that, I think that, that's, yeah, re- it's really funny. That's one of my, that's one of my best memories of it. It's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, one of the things that, uh, uh, so I play with a with the Beatles cover band with a couple other guys here in town, um, and it's funny because we've actually been busier than ever uh, during the pandemic with like porch shows and things like that. Um, but one of the things that I love is that we all have that same mentality of like, you know, one if we're gonna like whatever we're gonna do, like we've got to do it right, we've got to do it well. Like we're not doing like the cheat book version of it. Like we're gonna learn, you know, there's no fake book. We're learning like the real right. chords. We're learning the real arrangement for it. Um, 
But then, and I, we talked about this in a, an episode recently with some other guys. It just never quite feels like you're doing it right. Even if you, like, do it to a T, you know, it just yep. never sounds quite right. Like, it, it's, it, it's the... It's just it's the personality in those performances that are just so hard to 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 recreate. Definitely that, the personality. Yeah, but um. I mean, you. Have, I did a. I, we were, we recorded a Hey Jude, um, and I must have sang the first two verses each at ten fifteen times. Yeah. Um, and it was um, it was a very good vocal performance, but the personality. Of just those simple lines, um, and Paul's look. There's some pitchy stuff on a couple notes, and like, and he falls uh, and he falls off. But it, it didn't matter because it was part of the, the personality of the performance. Yep. That I don't know if, if Pavarotti or Christina Aguilera, you know, sang it. They would probably be um, spot on, note for note, perfect pitch. All this. But it just wouldn't have the same personality, and I think you're you're right. It's the it never feels. I, at some point, I have to abandon the recording um, because it's not gonna. I'm not gonna get a better vocal take from me, um, and I'm not gonna have the same personality as Paul McCartney. Yeah. Um, so while it is, it's a. I think it's a good recording. I think I'm gonna take that telephone voice off. Um, but it's still. It's. I, I don't feel like it is as good, and it's not, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not Paul McCartney, yeah. um, so you realize that it's you know it's not going to be. This is a cover of freaking Hey Jude. Um, <laughs> it's not. Hey, this is not Hey Jude. Yeah. Um, it's like manage so, your expectations, people. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, come on. I was gonna say, I know you've got your new your new single out, Rocket Heart, and the video just came out for us uh, for it. Uh, tell our yep. listeners a bit about about the new material that's out and where they can pick it up. Okay, so um, so Rocket Heart is a new single, um, and we've uh, I've actually there's like I mentioned there's nine songs that I released in 2020, um, three in the last uh, two months. Um, it's on all streaming services. Um, you know, Rocket Heart is. Um, you can you can see the, some Beatles influence in there. Mm-hmm. It went, they, we put some steel guitar and some banjo on. Um, you can you can definitely hear, um, and I think you'll you'll see Beatles influences a lot of my stuff. So on Rocket Heart, for example, um, in the verse, there's kind of a repetitive um, thing mm-hmm. um, where I say, "You and your Rocket Heart, you're just like I remember." And so after every 
you know, you kind of say our lines. I think the song starts, it says, uh, where you're leaving your mark and the ink hasn't even dried yet. You and your rocket heart are just like I remember. And then this, the beat part of the first verse is, um, you're putting the pedal down and the wheels haven't even come up yet. You and your rocket heart are just like I remember. So they kind of, when you hear Lennon and, and, and McCartney do that, that call and answer, um, while this is not call and answer, it's still, even in the verse, um, not what you said the night before, right? Mm -hmm. it, it kind of repeats that same uh, line just to kind of bring the listener back in a full circle. Yeah. And then it goes into a chorus. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's that's prevalent in a lot of my music. And that comes from, you know, listening to the Beatles and how they how they did that. Um, but Rocket Heart uh, videos on YouTube. It's actually premiering today on a, on Diddy TV. Yeah. Um, featuring Americana and folk and uh, uh, music. And um, actually, it's a little, you should check it out because it's a Louisiana edition. So you got um, Michael uh, Doucet of Beausoleil on there and me oh, nice. and, and Maggie mm -hmm. Um And um, so that's, that's uh, the day as well. Or I guess I'm in the future now. So <laughs> when this airs. Um, Next. Well, yeah, we're in the future. We're in the past. <laughs> we're in the future. We're telling yeah. the line between future and past right now. <laughs> we're, 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 hey. We watched a movie last night called T-E-N-E-T, T -E -N -E -T, uh -huh. and it was about manipulation of time. And it was um, the same guy that directed Inception, and uh, it was, was kind of And now freaky. you're doing it, but anyway, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we're doing it. <laughs> That's great, man. And, you know, but, um, I, I in, in Rocket Heart, I detect uh, maybe a little bit of Springsteen as well. Am I, am I on, on base for that? Sure. Definitely on base. I think there's people say there's uh, Springsteen and, and Teddy, mm -hmm. and um, you know I'll, I'll take all that, dude. That's, right. You know, <laughs> you know, those guys are larger than life, yeah. uh, still. And um, yeah, but it's, it's a driving kind of alt alternative country type song. Um, yeah. And you also hear some Radiohead type guitars in there. Mm -hmm. um, like, I just slip in that that uh, that Greenwood guitar <laughs> in between a, the, the pedal steel. I'm like, hey, man. Just, just slipped it in if you can um, make it work why not <laughs> that's it why, why can't we use a big distorted reverb you know delayed sound mm -hmm. underlaid or um, some b3 and some pedal steel like there's no rules and then we stuck some horns we actually got the 504 horns uh from new orleans nice um they're playing the horns horns at the end of the song yeah um but yeah i mean we had a great time um we recorded the drums, bass, and some guitars at the music shed right there in New Orleans. Great studio. And um, yeah. the other stuff, because yeah, it's a great studio. And, um, you know, being 2020 that it is, you know, we had to record vocals, some overdubs and stuff at, at home studios. Mm -hmm. um, so that is uh, um, rock and heart. And all those songs are a product of... Um, product of our time i think we we pulled it off but it was um definitely that was not the original that was not the original plan on how to record it but um hey year of year like, of improvisation like you said we're all adapting and learning to improvise so what's yep. uh what's yep. next on the docket for you what's coming up oh next on the docket um as far as live performances probably <laughs> probably nothing for a, a hot minute um yeah no, I say that, but like you said, there's smaller patio and little restaurants and cafes that um, I haven't done yet, but I think I might. Um, I've got um, it'll probably be an acoustic record, um, maybe in February or March, just because um, 
it's really easy for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I have a quite a, um, a backlog of acoustic songs that I just should probably uh, record and, and release. So um, I think I might do that actually in, in uh, late February, early March. Um, and there's also, I have a side project called HMI, um, Human Machine Interface. And um, it is more kind of um, dance music, um, 80s style rock um, mm -hmm. that um, a, lot of, a lot of people don't know about. We've released songs so far, um, but we haven't promoted it at all. Um, so it's just out there for people to stumble on if they want. Um, but I think we're going to, um, it's the same guys in the band doing it. We just oh, fun. have made it that we're going to keep it, um, you know, off to the side and kind of like that's where we can go and as weird as we want mm -hmm. and um because look man we're all Bowie fans we're all my kids love 21 pilots and imagine dragons and, and a lot and yeah, so i mean that i can't be boxed into one one category so um we're probably gonna release some of that material we got about six songs recorded and um i can i can send you some demos on a, on a private uh oh yeah i'd love to hear that. if you want that's fantastic uh, no, you know, it's but, funny. Uh, this goes no, back I, this goes back to the idea of what you were asking with, you know, how have the Beatles impacted your work? And I think, you know, being able to being able and willing to just kind of follow whatever muse, you know, wherever it takes you, no matter what kind yep. of song it's going to be, you know, that that, that takes a yep. a backbone that not a lot of artists have. Um, and it's something that I struggle with, you know, like I tend to always want to just, you know, create, you know, just make rock songs. Um, but it, it takes, you know, a bit of, yep. you know, something that, you know, not everybody can do. Uh, so kudos on you for, for, you know, putting your, your toe in every pool around you. <laughs> sure. Hey, sometimes, hey, sometimes it's great. And sometimes it is a complete disaster, but, uh, <laughs> you don't know unless you, you don't know unless you give it a shot. You know, right? I mean, I mean, sure. I love some '80s music, some some stuff with rhythms. I mean, you listen to Daft Punk and, and things like that. Um, and we're all the guys in the group. We all listen to a lot of different types of music. So, mm -hmm. um, man, why why wouldn't you try something like that? Yeah, I, can, I don't have the the best voice in the world, but I can I can sing a lot of different styles, um, and I like a lot of different styles. Mm. Um, so, while it might sound Springsteen for a little while. Um, it's going to sound pretty buoy um, over the next um, the next few uh, when, I, when you hear these songs. Nice. So. I love it. I can't wait fun. to hear it. But it's fun. It's, okay, I'll shoot it. I'll shoot some demos over to you. Please yeah. do, man. Well, fantastic. That well, sounds amazing. Ben, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you for uh, taking some time to chat with us today. And uh, and what's uh, what's your your website, your your socials for everyone to go follow you and check you out at? Absolutely. And thanks for so much for having me. Um, you can see uh, a YouTube channel is at Ben Labot. Um, you can go to benlabot.com. Links to everything there, all the socials. Um, ben Labot Music on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Ben Labot Music. Um, so, yeah, that's it. You search B E N L A B A T and you'll find me on the interwebs. Killer. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. And uh, if you want to come back and do it again, we can uh, we'll make it happen. We got 184 other songs to do, so <laughs> plenty to go. Absolutely, man. I would, I would love to do it again. Killer, let's, let's do it, man. Let's do it. 
Let's uh, maybe we can f- find a way to All do right. it in person once uh once yeah. things chill yeah. out on the COVID front. Yeah, that sounds great, y'all. Excellent. Thank right, you, let man. Let your kiddos have their internet back before they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. before they riot. Killer. Have yeah, a good one, man. I'm sure. Well, you Bye, have a y'all. good one. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Thanks, man. Adios. Bye. Bye. Ben Labot, everybody. How about it? So fun. That was fun. You know, I really uh, I'm impressed by his uh, his willingness to, you know seamlessly jump from different genres that's really from cool country to uh sort of like a bowie dancey 80s dance yeah thing. and you know and the he was in a band called the terms in the early aughts that were more of like a rock band so he you know i'm impressed that he just is kind of up for doing whatever music tickles his fancy you know yeah. that's that's a trait that i want to embrace more on my own as a musician um is just trying different things to just for fun, you know, just cause why not? It should be fun. Yeah. I play more genres playing Beatle covers <laughs> than I ever do on my own. So yeah. Well, what do you folks think about the night before at number one eighty five? too high, too low. Do you think help is a, a good film, a bad film better than a hard day's night works. What are your thoughts? Let's talk about it all. You know, no topic off limits. <laughs> well, there's a couple topics that are probably off limits. Probably. But uh Let's keep it Beatles related, people. <laughs> <laughs> keep it Beatles. <laughs> Beatles only. Um yeah, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram what you think about this song. There have been some great conversations on the socials lately. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. So let us know your two cents. Come join us. Join us, my friends. Join us. Um if, like I said before, if this is your first time here, you can follow us on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles, on Instagram at Ranking the Beatles, and on Twitter at Ranking Beatles. Character limits. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Stupid bird machine. <laughs> but, uh. Dumb, dumb bird app. <laughs> dumb bird app. <laughs> I love that. Anywho, I think that's it for this week, y'all. I hope you uh, have enjoyed it. I certainly did. Did you enjoy it, Julia? I did. Good. Uh, do yourselves a favor. Go check out Ben's uh, new single, Rocket Heart, and the other songs he's released in the last year. It's good to see some people uh, being creative uh, in these strange, strange times we live in. For sure. Yeah. So go check out his stuff, and uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Check out our stuff, too. <laughs> Subscribe on uh, your podcast app of choice. Uh, leave us a good review if you enjoy it. If you don't review it, if you're, if you don't enjoy it, that's fine too. Just don't leave us a bad review. <laughs> we didn't do anything wrong. Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> All right, well, we're out of here. Until next week, y'all have a great one. I'm Jonathan, and I'm Julia. Adios. Bye, y'all.